0: we are bringing it so close to home for this episode we have maddie opening up on the show she's got a wealth of experience for what she's been through as a mum, as a partner as a female and her whole episode is all about giving up on your own dreams to support somebody else's dreams Oh welcome, hello, and welcome to back to our relationship segment. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's episode four and I am feeling like we've been doing this for so long. We got a new mic, everybody. Like we have a new mic. Like, I feel like it's official. It's official. We made it to episode four. <laughs> <laughs> we've fully invested. We in yeah, we're all about it. <laughs> anyway, first before we begin in this session, we I think we'd just like to give, you know, a little bit of appreciation to the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, just share some of that love to them because <laughs> they've just been so supportive through this whole thing. Yeah. Um, Adam and Ken have literally been really like amazing through this whole venture. They've told us loads of, they've given us loads of feedback. Yes. <laughs> they've told us things that we should not be doing and they've yeah they've just been really like amazing Mm -hmm. just super helpful and yeah i'm done i'm done guessing i'm (laughs) done guessing them Uh, up now (laughs) (laughs) we can't give them too much of a big head yeah 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 but like i'm grateful but then i'm (laughs) like nah so you should do that (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah they (laughs)
1: honestly have been amazing (laughs) And yeah. patient with us through so, this patient. Pro- <laughs>
0: so patient. Through this whole process. Oh, you should have seen the first episode. I made Adam listen to every, you know, I've made him listen to every single one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. I just told Ken to listen to one. <laughs> like, go away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what Adam says, but I play it. <laughs> Honestly, it's
1: yeah. kudos to the boys. I don't <laughs> believe that we fully would have stepped into this if yeah, we didn't 100%. have their support. Yeah. So thank you, boys. So today's topic is a little close to home for me. However, it has been coming up in a lot of conversations I've been having lately. And I couldn't think of a better place to open up this conversation than here. So I hope from my experiences and everything that I'm about to share will provide some value and comfort. To anyone who may be experiencing something similar, we are diving deep into the aspects of identity with the focus around relationships. To be fair, I think we can all go through an identity shift when we go into any relationship. Mm -hmm. However, I felt the call to like really share my experience around how my identity shifted in this arena. I'm sharing like my own personal experience and how I felt like my life was on hold for someone else's
0: success. Just to add on to what Maddie has just said, um, putting your life on hold for someone else's career, uh, this is such a common, I guess, occurrence in this arena. And one, um, and I think it's one that people don't necessarily realize actually happens. It's so easy to be swept into this culture of endless media coverage, the high paying salaries and demanding playing schedules that you have no control over until you actually step back and realize. And the boys can actually get swept up in that. Mm -hmm. Like, they fall more into that so heavily that you're just expected to go along. Because that's all they... Like, they're just so used to it. Yes. And I think it... This is definitely something that a lot of people can will be able to resonate with. Yeah. All right, let's just get into it. So, Mads, you've been in this arena for like God knows how how long. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> a long goddamn time. So, I think it'll be best to take us on your journey. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's just start at the beginning, and you can share a bit of context behind your relationship in this arena. Mm-hmm yeah but okay let's, let's yeah do
1: that. so okay i feel like i met my partner kenny at athlete school our whole journey together has been around and football has been involved in it and such a big part of our relationship okay everything revolves around football ever since you
0: met ever since we met what were you like before the relationship if we take it out of mm. the relationship what was it before if you can remember
1: by myself
0: yeah oh not with Kenny I was like so describe, young. Yourself. describe uh, yourself
1: I was just floaty I think okay what's that word called yeah I was just very free and happy and floaty and would go here and there and like n- there was no schedule that's yeah. it I didn't have a schedule but okay. I was very young so I was like, hard oh my gosh I was like a baby a little kid so I met him when I was 14
0: oh my gosh yeah
1: so I was literally there wasn't much of me <laughs> like I didn't really have much depth to me because I was still in high school so it was pretty much like a kid school oh, home, wow. homework parties on the weekend do it all again that was pretty much my life when I met him so it's definitely evolved and changed obviously since then we're adults now and we're living in the real world and
0: lots changed in between those times but yeah so that was your 14 year old Mm. you so now coming into that relationship Mm. so you met him at 14 yeah and then you're smack bang in this world of rugby league yes and it was full-on too because he was signed so early
1: with a club okay and attached to a club so it wasn't like he was just a boy that played football he was already attached to an nrl club he's already got yeah
0: he was a career Mm -hmm. well he's got a pathway for him basically
1: and that was always a goal to play nrl there was like literally no other thing that he wanted to do
0: did you know that when you met him
1: yeah yeah. Oh, yeah 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 okay. so, so they spoke whole-
0: about that oh
1: the whole reason that he came to the school that i was at was on a scholarship oh, yeah. so he moved over from new zealand on a nrl scholarship yeah so that's just what those boys did when they came over that was their path to play nrl and that's why they were here for nothing else not for the education <laughs> not for the beaches on the gold coast in the sunny weather it was to make an nrl team Wow. Well. So from the get-go that was our life. Oh my gosh
0: okay can we talk through that? Yeah (laughs) sure so what was that life like what what was it what did it entail? It entailed
1: our whole life had to revolve around rugby league and any plans we made like everything if if he had a game we couldn't go or if he had training like our plans had to change
0: because that was a priority what was like what was your day-to-day activity how was that sort of so you went to school did he have training straight after yeah and you waited at training like Uh, what was that sort of thing what was that sort of life like so another layer to our life like
1: I said before he moved over on scholarship yeah along the way he lost his scholarship Oh, wow. So, but he still wanted to stay at this school because this school produced NRL players. Okay. It was a school to be at. And for him to stay in the country was costing his family a lot of money. And most evenings he was over at my house anyway. He was over at our house all the time. And at 15, we decided to move in together. So he, yes, yes he moved in with me so we were babies living together from such an early age oh my gosh if you could see Donnie's face right now oh my gosh my dad would kill me (laughs) yeah but he became one of the family from the get-go and because he had no one else he didn't have any family on the Gold Coast yeah we became his family he was would have dinner with us, would leave late, he'd ride his bike in the morning to walk me to school. So he was like leaving late, coming early in the morning. And it was costing his family a fortune to keep him where he was. So we just thought, let's just save your family some money and why don't you just live with us? Cuz you're here all the time anyway.
0: Oh yeah. my gosh.
1: So, how many in your family? I it was my mom, my stepdad, myself and my three siblings. Yeah and then Ken. And then at times <laughs> we had a couple of like his mates come live with us too. So our house was always full. <laughs> there was always people around. Um, my mom loved it. There's always someone yeah. to help her with the groceries <laughs> in. <laughs> and like the boys absolutely loved her. And all my friends loved my mom. Yeah. She became the like surrogate mother to all these children. <laughs> and she would cook every night for us. And it would be like a massive camp. Cook out every night just to feed everyone i don't know how she afforded
0: it really oh my gosh <laughs> yeah so 15 so 14 you met at mm. the school he had he came over for his dream mm. you'd been dating for a year basically mm. yeah your baby mm. you had this identity yeah at 14 mm. but obviously like everyone knows <laughs> when you're 14 to 30 <laughs> yeah A lot of things do change yes (laughs) you grow a lot Mm -hmm. so you're already coming into something that you just like blindsided right blindsided or just not well not really blindsided because you wouldn't even know yeah I think
1: it was blind leading the blind (laughs) pretty much because both of us didn't know how our lives would change yeah and what being thrust later on into the NRL and into um, the professional league, yeah, what that would really entail.
0: It was definitely a learning curve, and sort of like the happy days. These are like the days yeah. you like. Can we just go back to that little granny flat? Yeah. So
1: um, a lot happened between. So he started his NRL career quite late. Okay. It was in. He was twenty three 24 okay so that's quite late for your debut all right most boys are what now doing it at 18 19 okay. 20 yeah, yeah. so go with that I'm only saying this because he's told me <laughs> yeah. otherwise I would not <laughs> oh, know gosh. he started late so okay my good old days and the days that I cherish were the days before he got into the NRL which oh. is the That's when his life started really. And that's when his career started and everything started blossoming for him. But for me, being a partner of someone going in there, I cherish those days where he was playing park footy. Oh. Mm. And yeah, that could be a bit controversial, but I do appreciate the days before the NRL.
0: Wow. Mm. It's crazy because there's so... Like you saying that, but then the amount of people, or the amount of people that have this perception of, mm-hmm. like, get a footy, or you know what I mean, like date date an athlete or date a footy player, or yes, and, and you've got the good life, yeah, you've once. got a good life, mm. and and
1: by no means at all, it what do I not have a good life, yeah, but I do cherish those simpler times where he wasn't thrashed into like the media and like the hype around being an NRL player and all that stuff I loved and I always do and I say to him now that I just want a simple life
0: yeah so what are some good happy memories of park footy for me park footy is family
1: Mm, so the family are so involved yeah. You're there after the game. You're friends with everyone. It's relaxed. Kids get to run and play. And then afterwards, everyone's just having dinner together. Like it's not the boys and the families. Oh. You know how the boys have to go off, oh, do I their thing, the thing, and the families are sitting, like when we're in the NRL and sometimes in clubs over here, the families are like pushed to the side. It's like, yeah, you're there, but shh. <laughs> Stay, yeah. stay to the side.
0: Okay, so what are some of the challenges?
1: I think that the lifestyle and the culture okay. of being a sports player and
0: so the demands
1: there. Yeah. The, so the demands, the culture that being a professional athlete brings, Yeah. not only just to the athlete, but what that has on the family, like the ripple effect that that has on the family unit as well. Everything around it yeah it's a lot and we didn't have that before when he was playing park league and we still got we got him at the moment and when we were in that nrl family time was very limited and like shifting back to as i said before he started his nrl career and this was like the highlight of his life yeah but for me it was like the opposite
0: did you know that, like, was that something that you felt or did you, because you don't know, you don't mm-hmm. really know what's going to happen, right? You yeah. like looking back now, you're like, you know, now mm-hmm. because you've been through it. Yeah. But going there, you're probably just excited as excited for him Yes, yeah. he is, but without knowing what was actual to come. Yes. Is that right? Of
1: course. So excited that he got in and he was playing and he was playing his dream and yeah. Like that's where it kind of started that he was living his dream. Dream. Uh, Is that when you know, did you feel that? Mm, I I think it took a while to feel that. So for me, he was living his dream. I was so excited for him. And then over time, resentment started sinking in and resentment towards him, resentment towards the game, resentment towards the culture that was attached to it. Yeah. And it then put a strain on our relationship. I wanted to like pull myself away as much as possible from the life. I wouldn't go hang out with the girls attached to like the NRL team or anything like that. I just wanted to be as like far away from it as possible. Lost interest, I would go to the games because of the kids. And then if I was home, I wouldn't watch. which is sad in a way that you're not watching him i was in such a place where i resented the game that i just didn't want to when was that when he was fully in the team and he knew that that was his spot that's kind of when things and my resentment towards him and the game
0: started that's literally peak career oh not like peak career like almost not you at the peak of your performance career but it's like a memory mm-hmm. that as a player and as an athlete mm-hmm. you literally cherish or hold on to so cuz you're like i would never get this opportunity it's like a dream come true basically it is and you're literally feeling the complete
1: <laughs> opposite yes wow and at the time like definitely i would never have told him oh, that's how, how... Was like, oh no <laughs> oh no <laughs> so but that's when the resentment came in and then tension within the
0: relationship started and stuff like that okay so i'm gonna backtrack a little bit here because i have noticed that this word culture it just keeps pop- popping up a bit since we've started out our little chat and um i think this is something that uh people sort of know or ha- like to think that they know so I think what would what would be really good is if we actually get your perspective on the culture and can we just dive a little bit deeper into that
1: yeah sure
0: I think we kind of touched on it a little bit last time like
1: yeah the boys oh yeah, they <laughs> come first. yeah the boys come first and when you do have a family and the boys are His priority that's where that resentment starts coming in I was like fuck the boys (laughs) (laughs) I have had many of those moments (laughs) many but in hindsight like looking back it was a lot of internal stuff that I probably was triggered by yeah that I needed to work through and of course I have and I've done a lot of work back there i'm out of it now (laughs) so that's why i actually
0: talk about it i
1: can talk about it because i'm out of it now so this is probably going back for my son five six years ago when i was fully in those feelings okay (laughs) in those feelings towards him and the game (laughs) and the and the boys (laughs) (laughs) yeah sorry sorry not sorry (laughs) in hindsight now looking back i can see that that was coming from a place of one, not liking the culture and two, I wasn't living my dreams. Yeah. I felt like I was living someone else's dreams.
0: And I'm just going to pause you for a sec because I'm not even going to front, like mm. you've literally, now that I know mm. you've gone from 14 years old. Yeah. All the way till 23, 24. Mm. So a year and a half into his career yeah. when he first made his mm-hmm. debut That's 10 years, Maddie. Yeah. You have 100%. You can be resentful. Like, that is 10 years Mm. of backing someone and their dream. Mm. Yeah. And it's
1: quite easy to lose yourself in that. Yeah. And I think also outside of this arena, it's so easy to lose yourself in a relationship, let alone being in this arena where your focus is on purely one goal. So looking back, it was me not living my purpose and my, my dreams where I really resented him. So we have experienced all of it, I think, culture-wise. We've already touched on it. It's a boys' club pretty much. Yeah. And what that involves is your partner usually celebrates – And this is where I think the resentment came from. So say they win. Yeah. Play Friday night. Win. You're probably not going to see your partner till Sunday evening. Oh. And I'm thankful like now that my partner doesn't drink and he's not doing those benders. But he is the first to say that he would have at least four Mad Mondays a year. And a Mad Monday
0: is like a four day bender. It comes with those highs mm. and those lows.
1: Yeah. And those
0: highs. But those highs.
1: And those lows. Yeah. At that time, we weren't getting because he was out having his hive with the boys and having the buzz and the celebration. Yeah. We would get the lows, which would be him coming, coming home. back. Yeah. Coming off that two day, three day, whatever. Yeah. I am a person who really picks up on other people's energies and i will take it and run it and think that that's mine when you have someone who's coming home and is in a low i'm feeling that too and i'm like well now i'm low so that's where really that resentment for it came because we missed the highs you didn't get to celebrate
0: with no no we didn't get you didn't didn't get to celebrate with the team no we wasn't an inclusive celebratory dinner
1: no not at all so that culture and i know it still exists today i've only been in it five years and i'm like
0: almost crying because i'm like i know exactly the feeling of Mm. not knowing where he is you know um that feeling of waking up at 2 a.m and Mm. no one's come in the door yet yeah and having that feeling of Mm. like where is he yeah
1: i think we can really touch on this maybe even deeper at another episode those emotions and those things that are popping up because like I said I've I've been there and I've been in the trenches yeah <laughs> um for a very long time during that and I can resonate so so much to it it is and I got used to if he wasn't at home by 8 a.m the next day that's when I would get worried 2am I was shocked I was like oh you're home early oh
0: my god you get so you're accustomed to it you get accustomed to Mm -hmm. it but you do
1: yes and coming back like thinking you need to be appreciative of this lifestyle that I have because like I said before we do have a good life so it's like if you want this good life you've got to get this too that's what
0: I was there's always a a sacrifice oh uh, yeah what is that called when you get a compromise, compromise. There was, we
1: go. that was like the compromise like if you want to be at home be a stay-at-home mom have the good life you kind of have, have to, to deal up with us deal with us going out it's a it's like is it in their contract <laughs> that they have to go out after a game for a couple of days I'm checking contracts <laughs> now <laughs> I know we're, we're, we are so joking but <laughs> <Don't> that's <joke. laughs> that's what it comes kind of down to like well you signed up for this yeah it's almost this like this is what happened yeah, this is what you have to deal with yes and i got to a point where i wouldn't even bother arguing or like yeah. stay home or do this because i knew that that wasn't going to happen and i would just end up in like a mess yeah and then at home in a mess by myself yeah. so you just had to okay see you when I see you (laughs) yeah yeah and we laugh I laugh about it now because I'm out of it yeah but in that time it was fucking hard like you said we'd spent 10 years building his career his life up yeah it was up it was all up from here for him yeah and then I in a way it felt like I was left behind yeah like off he went he's living his dream he's got his goal he's reached that and old girl's back home looking after the kids and he's out there living his dream so that's where I can see a lot of the resentment came in in. yeah and like you said we worked together to really make sure his dreams came true and then when it was that time no one ever looks back at the partner and we're like was your credit yeah was your kudos you guys did it together like you did it, you sacrificed stuff to make sure that he could get here and do this and live this dream and then the partners are usually the ones that are like especially if you've been in it for a while and I know a lot of partners who have been similar like me have been from the get-go when they were, we were teenagers yeah um yeah you feel like a little bit left left behind well, there's just no kudos. No. Like you get nothing. Not at all. You might get a gym membership. <laughs> Where? When did you get that gym membership? I've never had a gym membership. <laughs> no. So you do not get a gym membership. <laughs> I think you get one one welcome dinner each season. Oh, but that's about it. You get to dress up fancy. Yeah. Go to the old leaguesy for a <laughs> night out with the new with the girls. With the girls. But other than that. There's not much recognition for the so women behind these men. The families. And the families, exactly. Unless you have an amazing boy who really props up the, the wife and the, the family. Yeah. But I'm yet, no, I'm joking. I'm not yet to meet one. We do know. It Where for. are they?
0: <laughs> so maybe that's a challenge for the boys.
1: I don't know if you're coming up to the league and you have a family or you have a partner who has been that backbone what? for you make sure she doesn't feel left behind. Yeah. So the thing that I really want to touch on for the women listening here. So I'm talking it that I'm out of it now. Yeah. And that I do have that knowledge and I feel like I've been through been through the shit and I'm out of it where I can kind of maybe give a little bit of advice or support for women who maybe are still in it, feeling like they are in the shadows of their partner, yeah, that they might be or feeling a bit left behind. What they can do to really step into their own and own their own path alongside their partners. A big change for us in 2019, Ken and I went and seen a psychic.
0: Oh, yeah, and
1: yeah. yeah I've told you she yeah. told me I needed to do something of my own or our relationship would just end and if I if I did find something on my own the kids would be the connection where the kids are connecting us but we're both on our different paths yeah so that really stuck in my head and I it got me to start thinking that I wasn't living my own path I was behind him and doing whatever he wanted to do and if he was up I was up. If he was down, I was down. Yeah, because I...
0: And in this life, mm -hmm. those ups and downs are like, you just don't even know when they're coming and going Mm -hmm. because it's such a fast industry Mm -hmm. and so much, oh, so much happens. Yes,
1: and the ups and the downs are so frequent that I was really at a time living for those ups. Yeah. And... I just realized that I couldn't keep living like that. And I needed to look where my resentment was coming from and I needed to find my own path.
0: Yeah. Mm. So what was your journey with that? How did you find your own path? It didn't happen
1: overnight. There was a lot of trial and error. The biggest thing for myself was lockdown here in UK in the UK yeah where lockdown happened we didn't know how long we were going to be in but the one thing that I did know was I was coming out of lockdown a different person I could have that time to myself to really find what I liked and find
0: my path so before lockdown though you were because you were doing it you were so you were living this life of please be out but then also being that stability for Mm -hmm. the kids Mm mm-hmm
1: Yeah, that was a lot. I don't think, even though all I was at that time was a stay-at-home mom.
0: I feel like I didn't have a a
1: (laughs) moment to myself.
0: Don't front on the stay-at-home moms. That is a hard, There's a tough job. (laughs) That is
1: a tough job. Yeah, so it was that opportunity that we had in lockdown where the boys were home. They did not have to be anywhere. We did not have to be anywhere. And I just got a moment to really look within and look what I wanted to achieve within my own life. A big thing that I noticed that was coming up for me when I was discovering who I was outside of being a mom and outside of being a partner was I had a name. It's going to sound weird, but for the longest time, I was known as Kenny's Mrs.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And when I this really dawned on me, I had been known as Kenny's Mrs. for nearly 15 years.
0: You know, I'm kind of guilty of things like that as well.
1: His missus. Yeah. yeah. Saying that. Mm. And I remember times where I'd like hear him on the phone or say, and I'm like, fuck, I have a fucking name, <laughs> like mumbling as I walk away. <laughs> but just those little things where everything was kind of landing for me, like taking back my name, stepping into my own and yeah. really thinking like, who the fuck am I? What was the
0: identity around Kenny's Mrs? What was your identity? That I was just Kenny's Mrs. And I
1: didn't realize like how much it actually affected me or like got underneath my skin pretty much. So 15 years of
0: the identity as Kenny's Mrs. Yeah, lovely. (laughs) So how did you come out of not being missus? What What were these processes? I think so many people could relate to this. Mm. So coming out of just being that
1: identity and realizing that I wanted to have my own path. So the processes that I went through really start with self-discovery. Yeah, Asking these deep questions of like who am I and sitting with that for a while my biggest one was like who am I outside of being a partner and a mother shameless plug (laughs) I've actually created a book around this purely for this reason for women to dive deep and really discover who they are and my book is aimed at mothers but it's honestly for anyone Anyone. I'm really discovering like who am I what do I like what sets my soul on fire like where's my passion all those like Things that we can go. I feel like I've seen generations ahead of us yeah, who have gone their whole life without even asking no. themselves, who am I? What do I truly like? What do I truly want to create in this time that I have on this earth? Those we can get so caught up in the mundane of everyday life and paying the bills and doing all the stuff that we just don't even stop and ask ourselves. What do I want? Yeah. It's like, falling in love with yourself again
0: yeah in a way like you know 14 year old girl yeah maybe you you say I'm so free like you just described yourself as free Mm. like no worries Mm -hmm. no schedule yeah and it's not necessarily going back to exactly that yes but taking some of
1: aspects of of that 14 year old girl that I can say now that I feel like I lost yeah and bringing her into the now and having that freedom and the fun and the joy really falling back in love with myself because think of it when you meet a guy for the first time and you're like falling in love with him and you're finding out all this information about him you just want to know everything about him yeah doing that for yourself
0: magical oh
1: so magical (laughs) but imagine now doing that for yourself take yourself out on dates and discover like who you really are without all the labels and all the other shit that gets put on top of you yeah so i think that this is a really good place to kind of bring it all home and wrap up our conversation today and i really do want to thank you for Creating this space where I could share my story and my experiences and be vulnerable. Um, Because five years ago, I honestly do not think I would ever be in this space Uh, or in
0: this position to be able to share my experiences. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, this is what this is all about. Like This is what we want to be able to create. For you, for other people, for anyone, if you're if you are struggling with something like or not even struggling, if you've even seen success or it can be anything. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what the platform is mm-hmm. here. This is why it's been created. It's amazing that Mads has the strength to be able to share her story. Like I said in the beginning, I definitely feel like a lot of women, whether you're a mum, whether you're a partner to an athlete whether you're a partner to just anyone just in anyone yeah. yeah I think that yeah that no one speaks about it. <laughs> or no one's even brave enough to speak about it so <laughs> Don't feel lonely. Uh, If you do resonate with Mad's story, like you can reach out to her. Mm -hmm. You can reach out to me. If there's places to come to, Mm -hmm. we can try our best to help. (laughs) Yeah. And definitely our goal is to
1: expand on this space more and open up these discussions and have these safe spaces where you can come and speak freely and feel heard and seen. So
0: yeah. Thank you for today. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening again. Like I like always, if you like this episode, comment it, share it, share it with your family, share it with your friends, share it with whoever you feel might benefit from it. Because at the end of the day, that's why we do this. Um, you can also like and share or reach out to us on Instagram. My account is at Adonia Lewis, and Maddie's handle is I am Maddie Rose. So thanks again. See ya.